You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Uh, welcome to another uh, QB Power Hour uh, brought to you uh, today by uh, Ignition. <laughs> so today we're going to be having, uh, you may notice that Michelle's not here. Uh, Michelle is actually on a cruise. Uh, she was hoping to join us with uh, with uh, uh, coming in from, you know, where in the wherever in the world she is. I think she's near Buenos Aires or you know, somewhere near Argentina or South America. I'm not sure exactly where that is in the world. And I'm up in the Pacific Northwest. So this is kind of like a where in the world is Dan and, Dan and Michelle. Uh, but but uh, playing uh, playing Michelle today is going to be Jenny Moore and also uh, Ryan from Ignition. And we're going to be talking about the state of engagement. They've done uh, some research about uh, engagements and uh, and we'll we'll talk all about that uh, on today. So pleased uh, that you're joining us uh, today. As everybody knows, Michelle is uh, is always a, um, a feature of of the of the QB Power Hour. My name is Dan DeLong, uh, owner of Danwith. I worked at it to it for, for nearly 18 years, co-hosting today, uh, also with the Workshop Wednesdays over at uh, School of Bookkeeping as well. And uh, I'll go ahead and toss the ball over to Jenny and Ryan to introduce themselves. Cool. Awesome. I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so we, we're known to talk over each other, but we'll see if we can uh, we can successfully <laughs> get through this webinar. But um, thank you, Dan uh, and, and Michelle, wherever in the world when you listen back to this for, for having us on uh, for today's session. Um, so for those of you that don't don't know us uh, with Ignition, uh, formerly known as Practice Ignition. So I was trying to remember the last time we were on here, but it might have been when we were still Practice Ignition. So same company, same product, uh, same people, uh, just a different name and look. So we'll, we'll get into a bit of that later on. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're here to talk about our, our state of client engagement. So a really cool research study we did uh, towards the end of last year. And uh, I'll go ahead and put the link just in the chat here. So you can go ahead and, and check it out if you haven't seen it already. Um, but but yeah, I will uh, introduce my co-host. Jenny, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Awesome. Yes, it's sure to be a great banter today. As Ryan says, we tend to uh, co-present quite a lot and it's it's a lot of fun. So my name is Jenny Moore. I'm the Partnerships Manager for Ignition. Ryan's awesome to work with. I love working for him. He's a great boss. And uh, in my spare time, as uh, some, some of us have, uh, I'm also the founder of More Details. So I still have an active practice. It's going strong for 17 years. I have it fully optimized now where it runs on its own, obviously using Ignition, uh, so that I can take my passion forward with Ignition. So excited to be here today. And Jenny, I appreciate you you being here and and that that uh, aspect of of being a practice owner as as well as um, you know your relationship with Ignition is a is a unique um, perspective, I think, and, and and that's what uh, you know brings a lot of credibility to to what it is that uh, you've experienced over over the course uh, of your of your tenure. Uh, so a little bit about the details about the QB Power Hour. It's every other Tuesday. Uh, our upcoming webinars uh, are available on our on our website. So you can check that out at qbpowerhour.com. The homepage there. See what's what's upcoming. Uh, currently, they're not eligible for CPE. Um, 
But uh, if you need uh, PDFs of the slides, the recordings, podcasts, and other resources, you can always head over to qbpowerhour.com slash resources. Uh, so a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you have specific questions uh, about the, you know, anything that we're, we're talking about here today, uh, please put them in the Q&A. So down at the bottom of your Zoom console, there should be a uh, Q&A section. Uh, that will bring up uh, specific questions that, that Jenny or Ryan can can speak to and address uh, for, for things that we're talking about specifically here today. Uh, if you have just uh, banter and comments, uh, please put them in the chat. But I'm also noticing that I'm not seeing everyone <laughs> in the in the listing of the of the of the chat so i'm if you can tell me uh who <laughs> if you can uh if you can put something in the chat just to, so that i can see because i'm only seeing jenny and and ryan's uh chats in the in the webinar chat so maybe there's a new update at zoom i don't know this is one of the things oh there we go okay <laughs> we just gotta wake them up but, uh, now oh and i woke up the dog apparently <laughs> <sighs> live webinars well gotta love it <laughs> all right and so if you have comments <laughs> please put them in the comments if you have questions about anything that we're specifically talking about here please put them in the q a and then we also have the links there for the handouts so today we're going to talk uh there's a, there's a lot of worded wording in here so we're going to talk about out of scope work so last time on the power hour we had uh, Anna, Anna, I keep saying her name wrong. Anna, <laughs> Anna Calderon, uh, to talk about um, you know doing a paid diagnostic, which helps with um, out of scope work and and a way to you know meet with uh, with customers or potential customers uh, and make sure that that's that's happening. But this is one of the how right, like this is you know like how you do that as a person, as a as an individual engaging with your clients. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about today about a mechanism that you have or a tool that you have in your in your tool belt to be able to to uh, make that uh, a reality. Now the dog's here. My goodness, this is like um, <laughs> this is like uh, I, I, I'm, I'm 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 Dan and Michelle at the same time because she always has the dog uh, interruptive uh, nest. But <laughs> so this is this will be an interesting one for sure. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about this, uh, Jenny or Ryan, about how to avoid leaving over seventy-five thousand on the or seventy-six thousand on the table uh, when it comes to, to to scope creep. All right, so I think it would be most useful if we maybe kicked off. Uh, so Jenny, uh, she will be handling uh, explaining scope creep. We'll kind of dive into that. I think it's it's often a term that gets thrown around, but. You know, what exactly is it? How do you avoid it? Um, and then we'll kind of lay over some of the information we found, but the kind of the real costs of that scope creep um, from our state of client engagement. Uh, we'll talk about how you can kind of use this also as a revenue generating opportunity. So um, Dan just spoke about paid diagnostics. We'll give you some other tips on how you can actually turn scope creep into a way to ultimately generate more revenue in the firm. And as I said before, let's keep it interactive. So we'd love to hear your thoughts um, in the Q&A or the chat. Um, but Maybe let's get started with that first poll question. Uh, I think right. I have the ability, or do you want to do it, Dan? I can, I can launch it okay. while, you're, uh, cool. while you're talking about it. Yeah. Do your clients yeah. ask you to complete work that is outside of what you agreed to do? 
Is that like a given, uh, Jenny? Do you, <laughs> do you find that? It's a little bit of a lead-in question, yeah, but yeah. it helps us frame. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. One person said no, so that is that's good. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, we gotta have the we gotta have the the anchor. That's okay. Yeah. Awesome. Shall we share those? Those look pretty neat. Oh, they're still voting. My goodness, active yeah, crowd. Got a few people coming in. I think that that's that's probably my biggest challenge is that I I love to share, right? Like so, ah. it's 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 often a, a challenge for me to know where that boundary is. You know, like you you want to <laughs> you want to give them something, you know, to to know that you're the, you know, you know what you're talking about. But where do you where do you stop, right? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it and it can get awkward. That is for sure. Yeah. All right. Let me go ahead and uh, just share the results. Looks like uh, sometimes is the is the clear winner of, <laughs> yeah. of that. So it certainly does depend. And then spoken the like true accounting professionals with the it's, it depends answer. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Don't worry, accounting <laughs> professionals. I got your back. I'm on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well. Uh, Jenny, maybe just kind of walk us through, you know, in, in terms of you and think about running your practice, um, but like what is scope creep and just how would you explain it to others? Yeah. And I'm really in this space right now. I love these poll questions because they lead up to help us in catering what this interactive session is all about. So please, like Dan and Ryan have said, please use the chat in the Q&A. There's no silly questions. Um, I know I've had a lot in the last 17 years of running my practice and we really do learn from each other. So do feel free to be vulnerable and ask questions. Yeah. So scope creep, usually when I talk about that, people are like, is that like a Halloween term or something? Like what, what exactly? Like what? That sounds creepy. Sounds awkward. And it can be awkward. It certainly can be, especially if you're not managing it, but what specifically is scope creep and scope creep is when a client's asks you to complete work that falls outside of the agreement set forth with an engagement letter. Basically, when they ask you to do more than what you originally agreed to do. And if you sort of do the spit and handshake, wouldn't recommend that right now. But like, if you kind of have that approach, you can see how this can impact you and your profitability, your people and your processes by not managing it. And, um, I won't get too far on a rant here, but for those that are on the sometimes clients ask us to more to do more, I feel like you're very much like myself when I was sort of midway through the 17-year point where I just answered sometimes because I didn't really know. I was just doing the work. I was just getting it done. I was just saying, I was like, yes, ma'am, and just got it done. And the more that you define your engagement, what you're going to do, and your processes that's when you're going to manage scope creep and ultimately love it like I do. So hopefully we'll get into a little bit more about why you should love managing scope creep. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing by Ryan being on mute and me not that I'm allowed to keep oh. going. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how it works at Ignition. Ryan and I are constantly bantering back and forth. <laughs> but you know, some people, when they think about scope creep, they're like, oh, that's that negative stuff. Like when a client integrates big commerce into 
you know, their QBO file, or they have a new bank account, or they started using this really neat app and connected it. Like how many people like put in the chat right now, you have a client that just connects something and they're like, yay. And they thought they were helping. (laughs) Right. And then they just created this huge issue. Right. Yes. Thank you, David. I'm glad David's paying attention. David's my favorite. (laughs) Or 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 they change the, the oh, yeah. app that that was that were they connected it's like oh the, this was this was cheaper or this was uh, yeah this. exactly <laughs> <laughs> I mean and sometimes we have those negative things right like I had a client that tried to help out with an expense app and he ended up pushing a bunch of data into his QBO file three times that was hilariously mm. fun um yeah because nothing says excitement on a monday morning than <laughs> seeing that happen uh it was a good mm-hmm. thing for sasant and having a bulk deleter but anywho um I want you to frame scope creep as a positive. Some people think of it as a negative, like, oh, they have e-commerce now, or oh, they hired five more employees, or oh, they did a new bank account, or they're going after a different revenue vertical. Stop and think about this. They're growing. They're like children, right? Children grow. We don't chastise our children for growing, even though mine are growing like crazy right now and I have to buy pants all the time. But you don't (laughs) want to chastise growth. Growth is a healthy, natural thing. But our clients are going to rely on us to help manage that. So when you're incurring scope creep, it's actually a positive. They're growing. It's you that has to start realizing how do you grow with them. And that's the importance of having a solid engagement with solid processes and clearly written out scope so that you can spin it as a positive. So with my clients, when let's say my engineering firm hires five more employees. This is the, Dan, the one we were talking about, QBO projects that you were diagnosing Mm -hmm. for me. Um, That's very popular. They're growing like crazy. Well, I'm not going to say, darn you. Don't you know how much work five more employees are to put on this and that? It's like, okay, hey, thank you, Mr. Smith. I love that you are growing. This is awesome. We are going to grow with you. We're going to set up our new engagement to help you and take you to this next payroll stage, right? Like we, we, Instead of using hours, we use different metrics to grow our firm because our revenue as a practice owner should also be increasing as we're helping our clients increase their profits too. Doesn't that make sense? Like they grow, we grow. We grow. Yeah, I, um, I, I was uh, I was in a net business networking group, and uh, the marketing consultant uh, has has that that mindset where his fees are tied to revenue, and and so obviously, if you know his metric is to grow their revenue, then yeah. his fees are tied to that. So it's it's equally as uh, beneficial. Exactly, it's it's a reward driven process, right? When and. Part of me being able to bring in new clients is I articulate that in advance, right? Our our job is to help you grow. Like that's what our unique relationships are about is growing. And I fully front end the conversation that our engagement will change. Our They will change. There's things that are going to change that we are not going to know about, right? Um, so it's a positive. So let's, everyone's cool with this. Go creep is a positive. All right. So now uh, look at our yeah. So our second poll question here. So I think you know the, the most popular answer was sometimes their clients uh, are asking for more. Uh, so now this is kind of a part two to this. What do you do? Uh, you know, how do you evaluate that scope creep? Um, so maybe you know sometimes they ask for the more work, and sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. Um, 
you know, or maybe you're actually creating a new engagement or updating the existing engagement. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. I hope you're, as Jenny mentioned, using it as a way to, to ultimately increase your your service offerings and and hopefully have a way to get paid for that too. Um, Jenny, any other comments on evaluating scope group? Yeah, it's it's definitely something that takes practice to do. And the best way to evaluate scope creep is making sure you have open cadence and communication with your clients and stellar workflows, right? Especially if you're working with a virtual team like myself, you don't want them working on work that you haven't agreed to do to be paid for. It opens a huge liability risk for one. But two, it also impacts your team, their performance, and ultimately your profits. So scope creep, when not managed well, can be really devastating to your practice. I learned that the hard way. Is that is that is that is that how everybody learned? Like you know, like <laughs> is that <laughs> that that seems to be the uh, you know you got to make your own mistakes in order to in order to realize no, I didn't like the way that worked out. Or yeah. like, you know, is there is, I mean, how, how do people learn to say no? I think that is, uh, oh, that's huge. <laughs> that is, that's the, that's the big challenge. I think for a new practitioner, you know, is, is where, where do I, you know, cause we want to be people pleasers. We want to do, you know, we want to, if, if someone is asked of us, asks of us a, a, a request and, and says, and, and you don't want to be that person that says no. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, for, for the most part, um, I, I'm, I'm sure there's other people out there like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> has no it, problem it, saying no. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because like we did a huge study on that. Those are awkward conversations, right? Like they, they are awkward when, listen, us as, us as an accounting professionals, how many remember getting the CD in the mail for QuickBooks and you were like super stoked about it? Like obviously desktop, right? Like I, <laughs> like we were like, Paper, desk, you know, cubicle, didn't have to interact a whole lot. You know, we just did it based on an hourly rate. And um, now we have to be more financial therapists and really articulate things well because things are changing <laughs> That's so an much. Way right? to say it. <laughs> oh, I'm totally a financial yeah. therapist. <laughs> yeah. Sit on the couch. <laughs> but it's all awkward conversations. And I, you know, we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into our findings, but Really, Dan, what that boils down to is us having the conversation, us having the confidence to assert the elephant in the room and embrace the awkward conversation. It's going to help you and your clients want you to do that. They, they really do. But before we go down that rabbit hole, let's, uh, how do you evaluate scope creep? Ryan, do you want to share some of these stats? Yeah. So looking at the results here, um, a bit of a mix. Um I think the majority here is after the fact and, and hoping to get paid for it. So in that case, maybe there could be some hourly project billing where you're then, you know, going in and invoice and saying, hey, client, by the way, uh, there was some out of scope work. Please hopefully pay this invoice. Uh, some credit to do with engagement. So we'll talk about uh, how Ignition can potentially help with that. But yeah, I think you know, anytime there's a scope change and you're you're requesting, you know, new fees for services, having them sign off on that in case of a dispute is probably going to be your best bet there. Um, you know, we still have a good chunk that are not managing at all, um, which basically means, hey, you know what, this is just, you know, we're just going to eat this and uh, it's kind of a cost of doing business. But 
hopefully we can can talk about some ways that we can avoid that moving forward um, and hopefully recoup some of those those real dollars that are getting left on the table. So we're going to talk about the state of client engagement report now. Again, I just put that link back in um, to the chat there. So we're not going to go through the full report here, but we do want to go through some of the key highlights. So this was done by a third party, YouGov. Uh, we actually ran this survey um, in the U.S. as well as the U.K. and Australia. And, and similarly, this is a global problem. Uh, what we'll go through today is the result from our, our U.S. market study. But, you know, very interesting. Similarly, uh, all across the world, there's pretty similar figures and, and sim- pretty similar findings. This isn't country or region specific. And I think you could even think this this list likely does band across broader professional services too, not just with um, accounting and bookkeeping firms too. Um, so first kind of highlights that, you know, ultimately uh, $76,636 um, is what unrecovered out-of-scope work costs the average U.S. accounting and bookkeeping firm on year on average. Um, Jenny, do you have any comments from that or what does that number kind of say to you or, you know, is, does that resonate? I mean, I'm not a practice owner. I'm just from the ignition side, but I'm just uh, from the ignition side. Ryan's (laughs) been with ignition since almost day one. Don't let him fool you. (laughs) Oh, I have lots to say about this. The trick will be getting me to be quiet. So, Dan, you got your cowbell ready to ring? All right. (laughs) Or the dog barking? Right, Um, yeah. He's ready. He's ready, right? <laughs> That's totally cool. I love my dogs and my cats too. Um, this this is legit. This is an independent study. This is this isn't like an internal survey we did. We paid for this external study to be done independent with uh, accounting professionals. And I knew the cost of out of scope work was high, but I honestly didn't believe it was this high. But when you think about there's my Canadian accent coming in. I apologize. But when you think <laughs> in relation to us avoiding that awkward conversation that Dan had alluded to, like it's easier for us just to do the work and hope we get paid after the fact. What was it? There was several of you, 44% of you said that. That's that's your $76,000, right? Or it's the not managing, which was 25%. When you go ahead and do the work without having the okay, the blessing, the digital signature from your client, you're opening so much risk. One is being paid. What, what, let, let's just focus on that for a minute. Paying ourselves is really important. And us as accounting professionals, we tend not to. And I know this firsthand with all of the speaking I have done and research I've done in industry. We pay ourselves very little, right? So one is getting paid. One is impacting our team because they're frustrated, right? You haven't managed the scope properly. And now they are having to reactively do something to meet a deadline. And then we have the liability issue. Like you've just done work that the client had had not approved you to do, which can open up errors and emissions issues. But by just avoiding that conversation, like I say calling up because I'm still from that era, right? But like getting on a Zoom call with a client to say, hey, we have an issue we need to address with you. You didn't let us know that you integrated Shopify or something or something. And this is going to cause additional work for us to meet this timeline right? It's about being open and honest. It's not your fault that the client has gone out of scope. It's like driving a broken car into a mechanic shop and blaming the mechanic because you didn't do an oil change for 100,000 kilometers and you rode in on four broken tires. That's not the mechanic's fault. (laughs) It's your fault as as the driver. And so being able to, you know, really differentiate 
the ownership of the issue, but in a compassionate way is really important. And being clear that, hey, you're here to help. You're here to help. And making sure that you're being paid for your efforts. I, in my entire client base, I only have one client that comes to me and says, hey, Jenny, I have scope creep. Every other client, <laughs> like legit, he's so trained. He's an engineer. He's very great this, right? Um, but all my other clients have to be educated that as they grow and as they make changes, that there is a benefit to that with our services. And honestly, that's how I make money. As I'm able to work with Ignition, my job is to hire, fire, and take blame for anything that goes wrong and give give my credit card for my practice whenever I want something. But managing scope creep is how I make money, literally. I don't do a yearly price increase. It's not romantic. It's not fun. It's hard to prove. I manage scope creep every day, all day with our processes. And the process is when there's an issue with a customer wanting something done by my virtual team, my team Slack slaps me on Slack and it's my job to determine, is this out of scope or is it not? And then to have that awkward conversation. So I make money. I think I deserve it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about those awkward conversations. So another <laughs> kind of survey we had, our survey question was, you know, are you experiencing these potentially awkward conversations with your clients and you know, what are they about? Um, as we can see, uh, the one, the, the leader there at the top is 94% of, of folks surveyed um, found themselves having an awkward conversation chasing clients for late payments. So again, no one wants to have that conversation. You're catching up with your client, whether they're a, you know, a business owner and you're helping provide value. I don't think you want to start that conversation by you know, asking them about the, the two unpaid invoices that you had. Um, Jenny, further comments on this or any of the other ones you want to call out here? I think there's a, everyone is over 87% that's on the screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I would say the biggest pain point of not having a solid engagement, like it, yes, I, I know you guys understand the importance of an engagement letter and I know they're super awkward and they're not fun. By the way, Ignition makes them super fun and it's awesome. We make engagements engaging. Um, but the biggest pain point if we want to front end that is, is getting paid. Like I remember the days of going to the mailbox and hoping there was a check in there and having these passive aggressive feelings with my clients because I'm doing all this work. Why haven't they paid me? Don't they know my worth? That was my problem. I wasn't articulating what my worth and what my value is by using a proper platform to do it. So I would say if you're feeling the pain point of not something as basic as chasing payments, that's something that needs to have that awkward conversation up front. And when I help accounting professionals, they usually, Scaling New Heights, we had one client came to us at the booth six months behind on his, on invoicing. We were able to help him, being able to take him to the now and solve the problem, educate him on, okay, you're going to have this huge amount of AR with your clients. Maybe it's time to think about reactive payment plans. There's things you can do with our app and, and different technology. The important thing that I have in my firm, I don't do I don't do any work until I get paid. I don't. And I may be accused of being a princess or a really smart entrepreneur. And I don't know about you guys, I can't fly anywhere in the world unless I pay for the flight first. So mm -hmm. that's the approach I take. And that's also defining the type of clients I work for as well. So first, if you're having problems with getting paid, or managing that, it's really important to look for a solution because that's the lifeblood to our organization. 
Yeah, I think I think that's that's part of uh, where where I see the the the, the challenge is like you know proving yourself, proving your worth, um, especially with the projects that that I do, um, in, and then and then I find myself uh, around is that you you almost have to have some part of the deliverable done uh, in order for them to realize, oh, this is there's value there, like you know, but. You, you can say, yeah, this is what'll this is what'll happen. This is this is part of the part of engaging our, our services, but you know, there's there's costs up front that need to be paid and those types of things at first. And and it's a it's typically a you know a first time meeting, right? So you have no history. You don't know if they're gonna cut and run, you know, if you give them their data file or something like that and they haven't yeah. paid and you know, now that it's gone, I think that is you That's part protect of yourself first. Personal yeah. challenge that that I have, and I and I'm sure other people have the same 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 thing. Yeah, yeah. Something as simple as collecting like a deposit up front or a retainer, whatever fancy word mm-hmm. we want to put on. Uh, <laughs> it's super important. It it shows trust. Like they're trusting mm-hmm. you with their financial bookkeeping story or their financial story right? We have to have trust go the other way as well. And it's okay to be assertive. It's okay to ask to be paid. And chances are, like, our clients actually do want to pay us. We just make it super awkward for them to do it. Like, we just make it awkward. So let's make it less awkward for people to pay us. (laughs) Okay, Ryan, your turn. uh, Next finding here. I'm going to have to look back at the poll question answers in this one. So if you look at what percentage of firms are absorbing the costs, I think we were around 44% on our poll here. And here it's 43. So I think hey. it's uh, an accurate representation of the of the market yeah. both ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, a, a lot of firms, as we, we, we've kind of hit this point home, is, uh, you know, you're just kind of absorbing those costs because you don't want to have those awkward conversations. Yeah. And it's, uh, maybe next year's engagement letter or the next time or next year we'll raise prices. And it's just kind of that, you know, push it forward and, and, and absorb it. Um, Jenny, what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah. Here we go. A little bit already. Okay. Everyone yeah. listening. Here we go. We're going yeah, deep. Sitting down. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> um, so yes, honestly, it's far more easier just to give the kid the candy bar and have them shut up for 30 minutes. Right. Like we all know this. Right. Um, but you know, just, Ignoring this issue is so devastating to your practice. You don't want to absorb it. I already talked about the risk and the payments and, the, and your people. But the other thing that's um, you know important to think about here, you know, most of you are probably feeling this right now. Like, okay, I know I should, I should talk to Mr. Smith about this, but you're also probably thinking in your head that you don't have anything to stand on because you weren't clear enough with what exactly you were going to do. Okay. So you're feeling like, Hey, Mr. Smith, you know, we, when we did our little chat, you didn't mention, let's take in that Shopify account again, right? Like you didn't mention you were doing e-commerce and last year you didn't do it. You know what Mr. Smith is thinking? Mr. Smith is thinking he's generalizing you. He's generalizing your services. Like, don't you do this? Like, don't you do accounting? Don't you do bookkeeping? Don't you do tax? You haven't educated your clients, right? So most of us, because we haven't set that up, we're going to absorb it because then it's so awkward to come back to that conversation and try and prove that this is different, right? 
protect yourself up front with a really well-defined proposal on exactly what you're going to do and let us at Ignition be the bad guys. Like it's like the rules in the playground, right? No horse play, no running around the pool. Everyone goes back to the rules. Come back to the rules. Like these are the rules of engagement. This is what we agreed to do. Download the PDF with the digital signature if you want, whatever the case is. But when you bring the client back to this is what we agreed to do and this was the price, this is what we can do and this is the new price, that's when they go, oh, okay, I get it. But if it, if you've trained them that you are a generalized bookkeeper, accountant, tax preparer, of course, they're going to think you do it for that rate regardless of how much information you give them. And it makes it awkward for us to prove our value. Yeah, I've seen um, uh, I've seen other bookkeepers, you know, in their in their engagement letters where they'll say, "Well, I handle I handle AR and AP." I'm like, wow, okay, that's it. I mean, that's that's all you say about that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, there boy. are so many facets <laughs> that could potentially, right. you know, I mean, you just lent let you know laid it out there, let. You know, to you your point, a, like I'm, 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 you wrote a blank check. Yeah, right. You wrote a blank <laughs> check. Exactly, Dan. You, you totally got my psychic vibe there. Yeah. You just wrote a blank check. <laughs> Who would give a blank yeah. check to anybody? Right? Yeah. No. So don't blank check your, your services. <laughs> okay. Do we got that? That should be like a new tag thing. So start defining exactly what you're going to do with a really good proposal. Bring in that letter of engagement, bring in payments. That's that's what's going to protect you. It's going to protect your team. It's going to protect your profits. It's going to protect your processes. It's worth it. <laughs> there's there's that Canadian sneaking in there again. Ah, uh, and of course, <laughs> I got to apologize for it too. <laughs> I so think it's I think an interesting. <laughs> That's good. An interesting point. You know, I think uh, we're, we're going to get into a few tips now. So I think we've got five tips here on on how you can kind of embrace this and, and, and ultimately make it a revenue generator. But I think an interesting one is this first point is, is kind of the mindset shift. I think, um, you know, I think that's ultimately from my, my side, I feel like that's what's, what's holding a lot of folks back is, um, you know, just wanting to always cater to that client. And um, Jenny, do you want to kind of speak about the Jedi mindset a little bit here? Sure. And I think we've got another one after this too. Yeah. This is a tip of the hat to my friend, Joshua Lance. He really got this through to me and, and, I wasn't thinking of it as the Jedi mindset. I was thinking a little different, but basically this is for me to give you the inspiration. So I'm giving you the, you know, the problem, potential solutions, and now I'm feeding you with sunshine. So pay attention. <laughs> One thing we find as accounting professionals is we tend to go into practice to become our own boss, right? Maybe you broke it on your own or me, I left a high stress job and finance and thought that starting a business with a newborn baby was going to be less stress, but that <laughs> turned out not to be true. Anywho, but um, chances are you went into this process, this business, because you wanted to be your own boss. And then you quickly find out by not embracing these awkward conversations that you have many bosses. You thought one boss was bad. How about a whole fleet and stable of them? And that's because of training your clients that you know, they're the boss, they're in the position of power, they're the ownership, when really you are the expert and you are the one that they are seeking the advice from. 
So it's similar to a parent relationship or a pet relationship. There has to be some sort of division of um, responsibilities and, and control. I just said control. As accounting professionals, I know you love that word. I know you love control. So um, we need to retain that. But of course, in a very compassionate way as well, we need to guide our clients through this. We want to be able to show our compassion. Hey, we're here to help you. Like, hey, Mr. Smith, I'm here to help you. But you've just integrated this that's going to cause a huge issue. I Coinbase, which is cryptocurrency, integrated into Shopify for one client. So you got two choices. One, you can get our new engagement letter, which is double, or you can turn it off. <laughs> he opted to turn it off. Okay. But I was in the position of power to be able to say, this is going to cause additional work and valuation for us. Right. Um, always be the one that's leading. Right. That's important as well. And it's okay if nobody, you know, not if all your clients kind of follow you in that way, like you're not going to please everybody, you know, it's, it's just the way life is. And, um, What's really important is you need to determine the type of clients you're going to work for, okay? And sometimes that means some hard decisions. I've had to make some hard decisions as I transferred to cloud accounting uh, with some desktop clients. Unfortunately, I had to finally make the leap. I had to make a change and I had to say goodbye to some really awesome clients that have seen my children grow up, but I made sure they had a great place to be. They just weren't part of my future plan. Okay, so it's really important to think about who we are. And this is um, this is a really personal story. This is how I keep very centric on who I'm going to work for. I, I won't go into details of this bad client experience, but let's just say it ended up with him throwing a broom at me. So you go ahead and laugh and Ooh. giggle and be in awe and shock about that, but it legit happened. Oh. I got a broom thrown at me. Um, so as I was, you know, out of the, you know, I literally rode the broom out of this restaurant, just so you know, just the type of candid personality you're talking to right now. So as I'm sitting, you know, you know, reflecting on this bad client experience, I'm thinking to myself, like, I did everything right. I reconciled or reported to, at this point, it was a Canadian client. I have U.S. clients now, but I reported to Canada Revenue Agency. I did everything right. Then as I'm walking, I'm feeling like a fire-breathing dragon, and I realized I didn't do everything right. I didn't value myself. And I bit of a walk home and I realized I need to start defining who I'm going to work for. And this is where Dragon has come in. This is my own client methodology. You can steal it. You can use it. Many people in industry have. I've, you know, I'm all for it. But whoever we do work for should resonate with you in some sort of capacity. At Ignition, we call that ideal client profile. And that's what really this is. Who are you going to work for? Who is your ideal client? And my Dragon is an acronym delightful people. I don't want to deal with moody people and aggressive people. I fire those people. Sometimes they get past our discovery call, but hey, they're out. I do I do not keep people that are not delightful, respectful. I give respect. My team deserves respect as well. We've had instances of that as well. I'm a big girl on articulate. We got to talk. We have to have cadence and communication. If you're just expecting me to take on your bookkeeping or your tax to solve your problems, we're not a good fit. Okay. We need to really define what we're going to do and whose responsibilities. I mentioned how I make money is through managing scope right? Scope creep. So therefore, what do I want? Growth-minded individuals. I don't want to bring individuals into my firm that are always like, well, this is the way we've always done it. And I have no ambitions to grow. Well, we're not going to have any scope creep. So that's not a good fit for us. 
for me, online is really important. Uh, I do love desktop products. They're really robust, but just where I am with my tech stack, everything's online. So if I have a client that insists on being on desktop, no disrespect, it's just not going to work for us. That's, it's just, it's just not going to work. I know there's hosting. I've done it. I love it as well. Love the product, but we're here. This, this is, these are our tools. This is my recipe. Okay. And in our niche or niche, there's the Canadian side coming out again. Um, <laughs> we work with consultants, um, digital agencies, all those types of individuals. We don't work with restaurants and lawyers. I've done that. Didn't like it very much. So the goal is to find who you're, go Canada, I love it, <laughs> to find who you're going to work for. And that's going to help you in having some of these awkward conversations. Okay, Ryan, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> no, thank you. I think that's, uh, that, that dragon mindset is, uh, I think everyone should, I, I feel everyone should steal that, but uh, maybe they can come Go up for with it. acronyms if they, okay, if it then, helps uh, you. I'd love to hear if anyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I would yeah, agree we need with to, that. We need to. You need to highlight these uh, these these tips here because we're we're being mindful of the hour. We're almost at uh, uh, nine forty one here. So, yeah, or yeah, one past the hour. So let's. Yeah, uh, I think we're pretty good. The, I think we've talked quite a few about these. So speaking about things that we could talk all time uh, for the whole hour about, it's it's probably pricing. But I think we did uh, we talked a little bit about this. And Jenny, I don't do you want to have any other comments on kind of. Re- reflecting on, on price with your clients and, and yeah i'll try and keep it that. brief because it's a whole nother subject um like pricing is subjective that's the biggest thing we need to understand your hourly rate that you may be using is subjective as well so how i get around pricing and the confidence for it is first of all understanding there's room for error like there's just you know what it if we wanted to be perfect we'd use excel and then it would still be subjective because your variables and your inputs are still subjective. So um, for me, it's building confidence around pricing and how I do that is with a proper due diligence. I love due diligences. Ryan knows this. I just love due diligences. <laughs> so having a really good uh, discovery call is important. Um, it's really hard for me to be quiet as you've learned on this webinar, but listening to the pain points, what are the problems, asking for source documentation and really filling out a really good proposal. We've seen people do like the paid... Um, the paid uh, discovery helped me, Dan. What's the, there was a really paid neat term. Paid diagnostic, was it? Paid diagnostic. Mm-hmm. I like those go. words, right? Where you're not fixing, you're just analyzing, giving them a report card. Um, I think that's what helps us understand our value as well. What you don't want to do, we want to stop writing these open checks, right, Dan? I love this. Let's just mm-hmm. stop. Like, I know it's not, it is money, but it's also an open check to our time our time bank. Right. Let's stop doing that. Okay. Tip number three, maybe we fit that one, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to skip through a couple of these because I, I, I am conscious of time, but uh, so embracing those awkward conversations, you will get the the slides afterwards. So uh, we touched mm-hmm. on some of these, but I recommend come back and uh, look over these, these, these tips for navigating those awkward conversations. We know that we can't eliminate them all. Um, but, but yeah, I think is how we can navigate them and, and turn them into positives instead of negatives would be, be great. Um, another tip is, is setting those right expectations. So when we do talk about ignition, uh, here shortly, we'll, we'll dig into this a bit more, but you know, ultimately being able to explain, um, what it is, the services you're providing up front and having that aligned to, um, the price that you want to charge and also the value you're delivering to your clients. 
Uh, but we'll touch on that a bit, bit later on, but I think that's a, a really important uh, distinction there. Uh, sales process, again, um, we'll talk about this a little bit later on. Jenny spoke about it um, a bit here. Um, if you haven't documented your sales process before, um, what it looks like to have a new client, what it looks like to re-engage an existing client, um, tons of little tips here. I don't know, Jenny, if you had a, a couple of takeaways on the, on the sales process. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing is have the cadence and communication. Do your due diligence. Have open conversations up front. Don't quote on something you don't know, right? Um, so standardizing the sales process is making sure you fully understand the client's state of affairs. Um, so, you know, ultimately how technology can help. Um, but let's talk about a, a real world example. Um, Dan, do you want to maybe kick us off with with the, the recent yeah. news and then that we can kind of brainstorm together on some ways on, on how you all can can deal with this change? Yeah. So if if you if you hadn't gotten the email yesterday, you will likely be getting um, your customers um, <laughs> talking talking about it because uh, QuickBooks Point of Sale, a desktop product, uh, is 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 at its end of life. Uh, and Intuit is communicating uh, its strategy. Uh, I've written a, a blog post about it, um, so you can always check us out at the, at the schoolbookkeeping.com uh, about that. Uh, there's a link to link for it in there. Um, and we're going to unpack actually this news uh, on the workshop uh, tomorrow. So if uh, I put a link there to, to register for the for the workshop Wednesday uh, tomorrow, and then Michelle and I will also unpack it on our next QB QB Power Hour. But that's two weeks from now, so who knows what <laughs> what changes might happen till till then. But if you're if you have clients that are in the retail uh, segment and they are using you know QuickBooks Point of Sale, uh, this is now a technology uh, circumstance. Of of scope creep, you know, and now what's happening with those uh, with those customers versus what are their options, and what do you as a as an accounting professional actually need uh, to to have that conversation about, right, Jenny? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like the way I handle those awkward conversations when it comes to changes in technology, and this one's a big one, right? And if anyone has any concerns, like reach out to us, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I've done a lot of data migrations and stuff uh, as well. So we know there's different options for it. The main thing is to be very articulate. There's that A again, right? And exactly the type of platforms and technology you're using with that engagement. So for instance, like what's their financial management system? I mean, QuickBooks Online, what's the point of sale system, the ownership of that that all that good stuff, right? In this case, usually the point of sales system is the ownership of the client and you're here to help them and consult and determining their options. You want to make sure that they have the options. We know we have Lightspeed, we have Shopify uh, as well. There's there's lots of other options. Maybe your customer has a preferred option. Um, but being very clear about, it sounds like it's time for a new engagement to be written if this is what you're going to come up against. And it's a great time to reinvent your process uh, to help as well. But labeling out the technology, exactly how you will help with that technology, who's responsible for the procurement and training of that technology is really vital to, to nail out in an engagement. And it's something that's helped us quite a bit in protecting our team and profits and also make more money as well. Because training is not free. Stop giving away training. 
Um, so yeah, as Dan mentioned, <laughs> go ahead. Be some time to to kind of digest this news and 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 join the the next sessions to to kind of figure out what next if if this is uh, impacting you or any of your clients. Um, if we had to break the news to you now, hopefully it's uh, not too shocking and we'll be able to navigate this together and you're you're all fired up now because now you know how to manage scope creep. So um, hopefully you'll have a, a couple of tips. But we do want to go over some uh, of the technology and um, we want to give a, a brief overview of Ignition. Um, so ultimately Ignition will sit at the front end of, of your client engagements to allow you to scope out your work. Um, and then, you know, we also recommend you have a workflow solution as well, too. So in this case, we've got something like a Carbon. Uh, there's other workflow solutions out there, too, but ultimately a way for you and your team to, to manage the scope. Uh, so ideally, at the front end of the engagement, you're, you've had your clients agree to those services and prices. And then ultimately, you've got a way to track that work through to completion. So again, using tools like Ignition and Carbon um, can really kind of help manage that scope creep since, you know, you've got that signed up on up front. Um, and then you know the work is being completed and by who. Um, so some of the time savings, um, a part of that that study as well, we got with Ignition. So, you know, a few big stats here on how much they're saving per week. Um, so over six hours creating proposals and engagement letters, nine hours on billing, collecting and reconciling payments, and also saving time on, on managing scope creep. Um, so again, Ignition not only will help you uh, get paid for your services, but hopefully give you and your team a lot of time back. So maybe that could be spending more time with family, maybe it could be growing the business, um, or maybe it could be you know reallocating your team to, to more high value work. A um, bit more about Ignition. So we are an accounting firm down in Sydney, Australia. So our founder, Guy Pearson, was running his own uh, kind of cloud-based accounting firm that he started originally back in 2009. And, and while he was growing that firm, he he ran into a whole bunch of kind of issues around um, growing his firm, around scope creep, around getting paid for his services. So he couldn't find a solution out in the market. So that's when he decided to found Ignition. So since then, we now operate all over the world and we work with over, it says 5,000 there, we're now over 6,000 uh, accounting and bookkeeping firms all around the world use Ignition to, to manage their, their client engagements and collect payments. Um, so what is the that, I think that speaks I think that speaks a lot to um, you know to the to the power of ignition is that you know it was someone in a practitioner who found their own solution right like and <laughs> so they understand the pain of uh, basically built their own solution but uh, uh, but they understand the pain of 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 what they were trying to solve for because it just didn't exist. In to, to the way that they were working with it uh, at that point. So I, I think that that that's one of the things that we love here at the the Power Hour is that you know when you when you truly understand the pain, <laughs> the, the 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 prescription is is a lot. It's it's a little it's a little easier of a pill to swallow. Totally. Um, and, and Jenny, maybe I'll pick on you. We've got this on the screen here showing what the traditional way of engaging clients is. Maybe just give it a little bit of, you know, before Ignition, what was that process like? And then maybe <laughs> how it changed uh, when you when you did find Ignition. Can I just be honest? I can be honest, right? Yeah, I, I screwed <laughs> up. I screwed up. I messed, like, Dan, we talked about this at the beginning. Like, I messed up. 
I really did. So in 2016, that's when I started using Ignition. Before that, uh, you know, no shame to those that have this process. I was using Word, you know, looking at it three times at three o'clock in the morning because with three children at home, that seemed to be the time to look at engagement letters. Um and I, you know, did a due diligence. I did a discovery call, was waiting for this client to sign our engagement, thought I did it really well. They loved all the chats we had, how we were going to solve their problems, and I didn't hear anything back. I talked about this at Scaling New Heights. For those, if this sounds like a repeat, I apologize. But eventually, I just sought out that prospect and went, hey, like, did you get my proposal? Because <laughs> at that time, it was $1,000 a month, and I was, you know, Really looking forward to having that client. And uh, I was a big client and thought I was going to win that client. And I got that awkward pause. And that pause was uh, the client saying that they are going to go with another provider. And uh, Mm -hmm. I talk about embracing an awkward conversation. Uh, I knew the only way I was going to fix, obviously, why I lost this client was to ask more questions. And I think that's what we need to do. Embrace the awkward. Embrace the suck ask questions, right? Um, And then how that came to be is the client said, well, Jenny, we loved how you were able to think about solving our problems. But when you sent us that proposal, it was really archaic. And I went, ooh. And uh, it was really old fashioned. And I went, ooh. And then they really hit me. They're like, how are you going to solve our own problems if you haven't even solved your own onboarding process? Whoops. (laughs) So that's when I realized um, I needed something that matched my brand, that matched the technology I was using, that made things simple and automatic, that made it less awkward for them to sign an engagement. And uh, I found that. I I figured there had to be an app for that. And uh, I met Tom and the Ignition team, and they solved my problem. So thanks for sharing that, Jenny. Um, just going to pop up our, our last poll here um, for those of you on here, and then I'll kind of speak to this as well. So as Jenny mentioned before, you know, all familiar with Ignition makes this whole process much easier. So it starts with that digital proposal. We can collect payment information up front from your clients. So we can process both ACH and card payments. So you get paid on the schedule that you want. You don't have any accounts receivable. Um, so you hopefully won't be one of those 94% having to have those awkward conversations around getting paid. And then ultimately integrating into the rest of your your workflow. Um, So integrations into QuickBooks Online and then other practice applications you might use to run your firm. Um, So we've got that poll question in there. So we just want to know what your next steps might be with Ignition. We've also got a link to book a demo and create a free trial. So if you did want to check it out a little bit more from your own. And then just kind of leave with a few stats. Uh, Ignition, we've had over... Uh, a million clients engaged across those 6,000 practices, over 2 million proposals accepted, um, and processed over 3 billion in client payments. So, you know, at the point now that, uh, you know, we, we've really optimized the system to, to make it easier for you to engage your clients and, and seeing some real ride uh, scale all over the world. And then another interesting one here around proposal acceptance rates. So just being able to get your proposal out the door within Ignition, we have an 80% historical acceptance rate. And 45% of those are going to be accepted within the, the first hour. Um, so we've got that last poll question on the screen and would love to kind of open it up for any questions. I think we've got a couple minutes. Dan, um, any comments from you on, on what we just went over? No, I just wanted to wanted to remind folks that, we, um, that we've had uh, Ignition come on uh, the QB Power Hour several times and if you look, go to the uh, QB Power Hour website, uh, you can search for the Ignition uh, prior webinars. 
Um, one of the one of which was a you know a deeper dive, you know, like how what what ignition looks like on the underneath the hood, uh, so to speak, and and how you can you, you can kind of, now if you if you're trying to manage your scope creep, how you can kind of play those two together. You know, if you if you don't want to um, you know reach out right away, uh, you can you can review that that webinar and see how how it can manage the the, the scope creep. Jenny, any tips from you? I know we you, you've left us with a whole bunch of uh, advice throughout this webinar. Maybe what your your key takeaways for folks might be. Ah, uh, yes, and and I do have compassion for my fellow accounting pros that are busy into tax season. I'm I'm impressed. There's so many people on this call today, so you must be looking for some comical relief, and hopefully you got that. <laughs> But yeah, definitely. I know it's difficult to switch, you know, flight plans when you're flying uh, during tax season. But what I would encourage you to do is as you're going through tax season and as you're going through processes, whether you're a tax professional or not, maybe you're offering other services is follow the pain points. And I know it sounds somewhat strange to do that, but if there's a pain point, there's not only a pain point with you, there's probably a pain point with your team and a friction point with your customer. So that's one thing I've always done is follow the pain point. Again, with my screw up with my proposal that I divulged to you, it was following the pain and then looking at my options to fix it. So if the problems are collecting payments, look for a solution that does that in a compliant, safe, secure way. Yes, shameless plug, Ignition does that. If you're finding it difficult to have those conversations with clients because you haven't exactly articulated what you're going to do, yes, shameless plug again. Ignition's really good at helping you with that. We have templates I've created, industry experts have created that are ready to go. If you're finding it difficult to know where to start, we've done the hard work for you. You can customize it as you go. And um we have a really neat process for tax professionals where you can send out many engagements within a matter of moments, which makes it super easy and efficient to not only make sure you get paid, but also to make sure you're compliant as well. So it's just about knowing what your options are. There's no pressure here. We're all friends, but I would encourage you to follow the pain points and find an app to fix that gap. Well, thank you both for being here today. I think it was really um, super informative and comical. Um, at least the dog uh, decided to <laughs> calm down. <laughs> um, so we appreciate you, um, you you joining us here, Jenny and Ryan. Um, you know, as always, uh, check out uh, the QBPowerHour.com and look for our upcoming uh, webinars, not just for the Power Hour, but also uh, other other ones as well. Uh, so we appreciate you joining us uh, today uh, and uh, look forward to, to seeing you next time on the, on the QB Power Hour and you all have a great day. Awesome. Thanks, Take Sam. care. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.